This is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, and I'm in studio today with a new resident in Miami, Megan Gallagher, author, public speaker, voiceover artist. You have now written four books, yes. and your latest book, How to Thrive in the Virtual Classroom. We have the book in studio. Yeah. The book has its own. You have a seat. I certainly have a seat. But there's all when our kids sit in that classroom, be it virtually or actually in person, mm -hmm. Megan, uh, there's so much uh, opportunity to heal, yeah. to express. So yeah. first of all, welcome to Miami, Megan, and welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. Thank you so much, Gail. I am so excited to be here today. I have no words. I feel like I manifested this somehow. Um, but, you know, being in Miami only a month, this is just so full circle. I'm very excited for today. Well, you, you are to be commended. Uh, and if you don't mind me sharing your age, 25-year-old young lady that's making it happen. Uh, and you tell us how you found and how you got into the seat. Yes. So I, you know, like I said, being a new Miami resident, I'm all about networking. I've been an entrepreneur for almost eight years now. So it's in my blood, in my DNA to just be a go-getter. Um, so I thought, you know, I want to reach out and find if there's any YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters in Miami, and really just network and meet people and share the message about my book. And so I came across Gail and I immediately DM'd him. Um, and that's how this came to fruition. So... And you've written four books. Mm -hmm. Tell us the, the journey of the, the respective books. Yes. So my first book is called Why Don't I Look Like Her? Um, and that is geared towards young girls in their early teens. And, you know, it's really, really, really all about just loving yourself. And that title, Why Don't I Look Like Her?, it means so much to me because that's something I used to say to myself all the time when I was in high school. I have vivid memories of even in middle school, I think early as sixth grade, and I think everyone does this, but especially young girls, like I just felt like I was constantly just, you know, on like a merry-go-round ride. And I'm like, oh my gosh, subconsciously, I would say like all the time, why don't I look like her? Why don't I look like her? Just every girl walking in the school halls, you know, she's tan, she's this, she's that, she's that. And it, you know, just got to a point where I was like, well, maybe, you know, saying, why don't I look like her? Like, what if I'm not the only girl that's saying that? I had a moment where I thought about that and I was like, oh my gosh, no, it's really, really true. I think everyone has moments where they say like, oh, you know, he's so this, he's so buff and his muscles and whatever. But it's like, we have to realize that that cycle, like we're all humans. We all compare and judge and want to think, you know, oh, their life is probably this way and they must have it so great. And yeah, but it's like, well, people could think that way about you too. So um, that's my first book. I wrote that at 18. I self-published it on Amazon. And then my second book, um, You Can Choose Your Thoughts, is all about anxiety and the power of choice and the power of just really realizing when you're in those moments, when you're having panic attacks, it's all a choice. And that is something that took me 
so long to really, really, really understand. And um, obviously, I am very vocal about my own journey with... We're going to talk about your journey yeah. in a minute. Just go through these books for yes. me because it sets the stage for us. Yes. So why don't I look like her? Yes. And then the second one? You can choose your thoughts. You can choose your thoughts. Tell me about the third one. Third one is called Everything is Happening for You, Not to You. I see the evolution here. And then the fourth book, How to Thrive. How to Thrive in the Virtual Classroom. Because like a game show. Dun, look at both dun. of us. Tell them what they've won. So now you've spoken yeah. at over 750 universities. You've spoke. You have uh, certainly had two uh, TEDx talks mm-hmm. uh, as well. So you have done so much to help motivate uh, inspire, yeah. educate, and just mentor, quite frankly, uh, those who may be in need. Uh, but your personal journey, and that's where you were going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you are not exempt. You're not, your life is not void of uh, trauma, anxiety uh, as well. So tell us about that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's been a journey. And I honestly... You know, if I'm ever having a day where I feel funky or just like I'm comparing myself, I'll pause and just say, you know, a girl like there's been times where I, when I was a teenager. So I'm 25 now. I graduated high school in 2014 um, and I, you know, it was a long time ago. But I remember in high school, I had so many moments where I was, you know, literally would think to myself, oh, my gosh, like I'm I'm never going to kind of like grow up. Like I'm never I'm not going to be that successful adult that I really really want to be because my anxiety was so crippling and I never really understood why and like what was going on and what would cause it. I just I called panic attacks because I didn't know they were panic attacks. I called them episodes. And so it was crazy to me because these episodes felt like they would come out of nowhere. I would just be sitting in, you know, history class, just taking a test or listening to the teacher and like my mind would wander and I would stare out the window and just think about like going to Hawaii or, you know, anything else. And then my mind would like, all of a sudden I just would start shaking and I would get sweaty and hot and my heart rate would go up. And I was like, what is going on? And I would look around to see if anyone else and everyone else was calm. And I'm like, is there an earthquake? Like I literally was just sitting there and thankfully the desks um, were like this where you could put your hands under and no one could see and I would just like pinch my hands because I had no other outlet and I would I was worrying I'm like I don't want to pass out in class I don't know what's going on and so I would literally just put my hands under my desk and like pinch my hand to try to like you know cause it sounds weird but in that moment I would just try to cause pain to like distract myself I'm like oh ow that hurts oh okay, I can focus on something else. So that whole cycle, you know, and I would sometimes go to the bathroom and just my grades started slipping and I was missing out on social events and my eating habits, like it just slowly domino affected everything. And then it got to a point where it had been a year and a half of that happening every single day, all the time. And then I was like a sophomore and I was about to get my driver's permit and a lot of cool things. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I just kind of admitted to myself that I needed help first. Like I just reached a point where I'm like, I want to feel better. You know, this cannot be the only way to live life because uh, like I was not suicidal, but I was like, you know, I'm just like a shell of a person. And I was like, the, the outgoing, the positive girl, so no one would know it, but 
on you know right when I went home I would just like go to therapy and cry and journal and just try to figure out my feelings and so it took a long time to get to where I am today like mentally emotionally um but I feel so grateful because even in those really hard moments it's what like propelled me to be this person that I am today and to have all these great tools and tips that I still use, like I still have a therapist at 25 and I have no shame in saying that. And I think mental health should be empowering and amazing. And I don't think there should be a stigma. If you're a guy, you're a girl, um, your ethnicity, your race, your religion, I think it should be just as important and just as normal as your physical health. Like, oh, I ran on the treadmill for an hour today. That's amazing. Oh, I had therapy today. That's also amazing. That's right. You know, I took my antidepressants. That's amazing. I, you know, whatever it is I call this, I don't know, I think it should just be more normal. You took the words right out of my mouth as we to think about the stigmas related to mental health, especially yeah. with our young people. Right. And then what the great equalizer, if you will. Yeah. Uh, when I say the equalizer, something that was nonpartisan, something that affected everybody, regardless of their socioeconomic status, ethnicity. 2020, when we're going through this pandemic yeah yeah and as we hopefully come out and things get uh, i won't even say normal i want better than normal if you will but think about this uh, megan with so many that you know kids in front of a computer screen there's your Mm -hmm. school every day and as well as the teachers Mm -hmm. but then the pre-covid challenges of social and emotional wellness right you were talking about how how you felt sitting in a classroom. Yeah. Imagine a child. Yeah. In a vir- you know, teeing up your your book here, how to thrive in a virtual classroom. What the mm-hmm. kids experience. I've heard from many the bigs, the littles, their families, even some of our donors. Yeah. That my kids are really struggling. They're e- emotionally. Yeah. They're. Uh, they, they. I may need to get a therapist. And yeah. so to be able to openly and honestly talk about that. Tell us about some of the tips you have in your book. And so for the benefit of our bigs and littles and our listening audience, we're here in studio today with Megan Gallagher, uh, actor, author, mm-hmm. uh, new Miami resident, soon to be big sister, soon to be going to talk about that as well. Yes. Uh, but as we think about just tips, practical things that uh, kids can do and mm-hmm. big sisters can do, big brothers can do with their littles, how to thrive in a virtual classroom. Our kids are back in school yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. but these tips uh, transcend just the the virtual realm. So talk to us. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say in this book, there are so many great tips that anyone can use. And one thing that I love, um, shout out to Betsy Primes, my wonderful illustrator soulmate we met and she brought all my visions to life. Um, I would say, you know, one thing that Betsy and I really included in this book was really good tips that anyone can use anywhere. So let's say there is a teenager sitting in class or a kid sitting in class and let's say you know maybe they're having test anxiety or maybe they're having you know just negative thoughts or they are having a panic attack or depression something especially right now you know it's October and we're still like in the transition back to normal schooling for a lot of people so maybe they're having some form of PTSD and just like a real feeling of oh my gosh is it gonna be the same and all these thoughts we put in really, really helpful things like, number one, 
is using essential oils. That's a really good tip. You can bring them wherever. Usually the jars are like that big. Mm-hmm. You can roll it on your hand in class, you know, and just smell it or just have it with you. And that for a lot of people is very, very comforting. Um, smelling, you know, lavender, it's very relaxing and soothing. Another great tip is grounding yourself. So when you're in the midst of a panic attack, typically, you know, you're having a lot of racing thoughts and you feel very just, you know, up in the air and like, oh my gosh, I don't know which way things are going. So for a lot of people, it's helpful to label, you know, five things you can see, five things you can smell, you can taste, you can hear all around you. So that will help you sort of like feel more in the present moment rather than, you know, what am I going to get at the grocery store? What is my sister going to think? And what's for Christmas? You know, so many racing thoughts. Um, And then another one is just deep breathing. And so we really wanted to make, you know, like I said, all these tips and tools super accessible and super, you can do it anywhere and it's free and it's, you know, they're easy and it's like, it's empowering to, um, you know, not just for me as a female, but for anyone to have these tools, like a tool belt with you at all times where, you know, you can feel like, oh my gosh, I know how to calm myself down. That's a really cool power. And I think any, you know, if you take medication, if you, whatever to each their own, I think anyone should do whatever makes them feel better. But for me, I wanted to include all types of remedies, whether it's holistic, um, or you know, medication, I think everyone should feel empowered to make their own choice. With that in mind, as we think about just going through the challenges yeah. uh, that life throws at us, yeah, are these some of the things that you did to, to get through when you were dealing with anxiety and, and panic? Yes, they are. So like I said, my journey um, towards the middle of sophomore year of high school, I was turning 15, about to get my driver's permit and braces and all these typical teenager things. And then, you know, I started just freaking out about so many, you know, oh my gosh, my grades and this guy and my friends and I am like a shell of a human and I can barely function. Um, And it really, you know, it reached a point where I admitted to myself that I wanted to feel better. And I think that was a really big step. And I remember vividly, and this is something I talk about, um, you know, in my TEDx talk is the moment when I asked my parents for help, which is kind of weird. And a lot of people, you know, would think like, oh, your parents would probably just, you know, ship you off to a boarding school or say like, oh, no, we're forcing you into therapy. But my parents are really cool. Shout out to Courtney and Ted. Um, You know, it's like I... like they always were just the greatest and they still are they're alive they're the greatest parents they allowed me to do whatever and then it wasn't until you know I like knew that I wanted to feel better so I sat them down I remember vividly after dinner one night and like my hands were like shaking like this I was freaking out and I was like mom and dad (laughs) they're like yes and I'm like can I talk to you guys and they like turned off the tv and um I was like, I was like, I think something is wrong. And then they're like, uh, and I just started bawling. The tears were flowing. And I mean, they were so confused and I don't know what they were thinking. Their 15 year old daughter, you know, is saying there's something wrong. And they were like, are you dating someone? Like, are you okay? Like, you know, we're concerned. And I explained to them, you know, how I was feeling. And then they kind of looked at each other and they were like, 
Oh, because I still did not know what anxiety was. I'm like, mom and dad, I, I, I know I sound crazy, but I'm like, I had these moments throughout the day where I get sweaty and hot and I feel like the world's ending and I ask my teacher if I can go to the bathroom and I run outside and I like flip out. And they're like, oh, they're like, Megan. <laughs> they're like our darling daughter who we love so much. Um, they were like, you have something called anticipatory anxiety. They, they use those exact words. Yeah, okay. and I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Is this like science class? And they were like, no, it's a real thing. And I'm like, oh. And then literally the following week, my first therapy session ever at 15, and it changed my entire life. And I still vividly you know, remember um, like the smell of the therapist's office, and I remember vividly what it looked like and what it felt like. And I remember just feeling so awkward, like I don't want to cry, I don't want to do anything wrong, like just get through it and I'm fine and this is going to be weird. But I remember it and I, that was a huge moment for me, it's kind of like asking for help. The power, the courage, and I say all the time, Megan, with our bigs yeah. and littles, uh, our kids don't need to be fixed, they need to be heard, they need to be assisted, they need guidance. And mm -hmm. so, of course, your parents love you. And the fact that they knew exactly and called it what it was, there's so many parents out there who may not have any idea. And there's so many littles, so many of our kids who may not have the courage to say, I don't feel yeah. comfortable going to my parents. But the role of mentoring, yeah. having that trusted friend and counsel that does not take the place of a parent, don't misunderstand me, yeah. but it, 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 for the benefit of our audience, but having someone who becomes like family right? and that role of a yeah. mentor. Yeah. Uh, so those who have helped you along the way yeah of course your parents i mean yeah. that goes without saying yeah and a shout out to your parents mm -hmm. as well i mean i love that that they listen to you they did and see parents trust us mm -hmm. as a brand big brothers big sisters parents trust us yeah they sign up their daughter their son their niece nephew grandson or grandchild, yeah. granddaughter and they say okay we need help so parents do that with us yeah. we need help i can't do everything for her and so right. why is mentoring so important? And tell me why, as a new Miami resident, becoming yes. a big sister so you can have those conversations with kids and help yeah. them. Why is that so important to you, Megan? Oh, my gosh. Well, to become a big sister is something, fun fact, I've wanted to be for since I was 18. I've always looked into it. I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do this? So the fact that now this is like very full circle manifesting. Um, but I would say it means a lot to me because I just – love mentoring and giving back and helping other people. I really enjoy seeing other people thrive. And I really enjoy the feeling of I made an impact and you know with my words and actions and behavior it impacted a younger girl in a positive way. And you know the simple things of you hang out with them and get ice cream or go see a movie, whatever it is, you give them a pep talk about life it makes me feel so empowered knowing that, you know, their life is like a little bit easier or better because of me and my words. And that feeling to me is so priceless. And I've, I've loved giving back. I mean, I come from a family, like we have been giving back and I was raised to always know that that's an important thing to do is with whatever you have, just give back to other people because that goes so full circle. And, um, you know, I think that's, a huge part of my life and it will always be in my DNA to give back to other people but especially for being a big sister I want you know to help a younger girl feel confident in her skin and feel um, worthy and beautiful we're proud of you Megan 25 years old yeah. four books 
Thank you. Multiple TED Talks, uh, hundreds of universities that you've spoken to. Welcome to Miami. Uh, we're excited about your new book, How to Thrive in the Virtual Classroom. We will certainly yeah. be talking about how we connect and have you working with our bigs and littles uh, to inspire them, to encourage them to share your story. At the end of the day, our littles don't need to be fixed. They need to be supported. If you want to become a big sister like uh, Megan is about to become, www.bbbsmiami.org. Yeah. Uh, so, Megan, again, thank you for being here today. I look mm -hmm. forward to hearing more. Uh, exciting stuff from you. Thank and you so much. Megan, one of the things that's so important in the game of life, yes, everybody makes the team, but how you play uh. is up to you because mentoring is a hard habit to break. Let's go. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you.